You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Well, we would never cheat. And that, folks, is how we're going to start Geekiest Show Ever this week. We're uh, going to sit here and we're going to talk about... Uh, as we're recording yesterday's Apple event and what we thought of it, and uh, you know, just basically what we got was three new phones and an Apple Watch yesterday. And I guess nothing was a horrible surprise because most of this has been leaked already. You know, kind of gone are the big days that Apple would get up there and do an announcement and never go, "Ooh, ah." They're more like, "Yeah, we know." So you know, keep going. But. Um, so well, that's why I think they have to step up their their pre-show game with the cute little video that they had. I thought I thought that was neat. Yeah, where okay. they had the the girl delivering delivering the case, and you were like, "What's in it? What's in it?" Oh, the clicker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cute. cute. It was cute. It was cute. Um, you know, some of the other videos, you know, were so sort of self-congratulatory. But I guess I should know that's Apple. Um, well, that's that's part of it. I mean, that's kind of like their. I, I call it. I I told my husband. You know, we were talking about doing this, and I said I'm going to be watching the Apple Bowl because this is like the Super Bowl for us geeks. So now he refers to it that way too. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a hallmark of of any. Apple Bowl is they have their commercials in between. You watch it for the commercials, just like you watch the I don't watch the Super Bowl. I watch the commercials. So and then of course they're available on YouTube after, just like the same. You see, you see all the the crossover here. It's very very sportsy kind of like you know. Now we're the sports commentators on it. Yeah. I so I I did watch it yesterday. So I'm still well. I'm confused, but that is kind of a normal state for me. But so we've gone from the iPhone eight. To the iPhone tens now. Uh, yes. Well, we went. We went that last event. The last event that they announced a phone. Yeah. They announced the iPhone ten. It is an iPhone with a letter X, and we're going to pronounce it ten because you know got to be able to distinguish between the the dweebs and well, <laughs> the muggles, I guess. That... And there's no iPhone nine like which predicted. I mean, I was still getting. Uh, PR yesterday after the event about Apple case, I'm um, sorry, iPhone cases, and they uh-huh. were still calling them iPhone 9. Oh, wow. No. So I'm not sure which one is supposed to represent the non-existent iPhone 9, maybe the XS, the 10S. But why would you get, that's, that's weird that they would do it that way. It must be that they just haven't changed it in their inventory lineup for case models because that's all like hush-hush behind the scene kind of stuff because the iPhone 10 was already released like how long ago? So that would have been from a while ago. Right, but I think the predictions were you had iPhone 8, you had iPhone 10, where's the 9? Well, they're going to release the 9. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have ever thought that. And they had maybe. cases, yeah, I already had, like I said, a bunch of PR that said, here's the cases that are going to be released after the iPhone. Here's the iPhone 9, here's the iPhone 10. It's like, okay. Well, there was no iPhone 9. You're still sending this to yeah. me. Yeah, we're never going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> that, right. that ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so I we're, we're now in, down the, the naming convention of the X's now. Yeah, well, or or because uh, on stage they were saying ten, and I think maybe because uh, they might want to stay away from saying something like the uh, iPhone XS, as in XS, you know, mm-hmm. uh, potentially price because we were looking at some of these before we started talking, and the top of the line phone is fifteen hundred dollars. Um. For the what five for the five twelve? Yeah, five twelve. Uh, the XS Max or ten S yeah. Max. Um, yeah, fourteen forty nine. 
That's... Yeah, I know. I never look at those prices. <laughs> yeah, I, I weep gigs. just enough at the 64 gig. I always start from the bottom and work my way up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of over it because I, I've, I've worked in this industry. I understand that there's advertising involved. There's psychology involved. I'm sure that they have their, their reasons for why they're doing this. I've, I've read multiple different articles that talk about why the naming convention why they use these letters and number configurations and why there's no nine, why there will never be a 13 because it's so unlucky in so many places. It would just be in a PR disaster to be able to use 13. So they just, they work their way out of, of having to do that. I think there's all these different kinds of reasons and, you know, they have their reasons. There's nothing we can do about it except call them funny names and nickname them things because that's what people are going to do anyway. I just, it makes it so hard to verbalize and like talk about it, you know, even just trying to take notes and write about them. Like, okay, is it a little S or is it a big S? Is it a capital M in the max? Yes, it's a capital M. And then, you know, how do you pluralize it and how are we going to talk about this? Because, you know, I have to talk to clients and I'm not a sales person by any means but I is uh, in estimating and when they say that they're in the in the market for a new phone it's part of my job to advise them on what model they should get so you know we do like to get into the nitty-gritty and compare all the specs and then when you go to start talking about it it's like oh boy here we go put marbles in my mouth yeah and I so the way it looks like it lines up to me then now the iPhone 10s is now the what would replace the iPhone 8 the uh, 10s max would replace the 8 plus and then the phone uh, 10r replaces I wouldn't your head's gonna explode if you try to yeah if you try to work out what was gonna replace what you know what it's the iPhone 18 <laughs> with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think this. I think this is the 18th or 19th. I think it's the 18th iteration. Probably. If, if well, you were to count them all, that's what we should do. Is go to like a Wikipedia page that has them all listed. Well, yeah. And I guess what I'm just trying to do is because uh, you know, looking at the models from last year, how does that translate over to the new ones? And what is the XR? Is that the new SE? Is that the cheaper priced phone? I'm looking at that as regular. Like you've got a, you've got the S, you've got a Max. Maybe the XR means regular, uh, as in like you have an eight, an eight plus. You had a seven, you had a seven plus. Maybe that's instead of just saying iPhone ten because they stopped making what we know as the iPhone ten. Right. So now you've got the iPhone XR, ten R. Um, it maybe just means, you know, your regular basic phone, because if you look at the specs, it has the least amount in it. Um, the other ones have water resistance to two meters. This one only has one meter. Uh, it doesn't have as much storage as the other two for the options. It um, The pixels resolution isn't as much as it is with the other one. So, you know, contrast ratio, things like that. So the specs are a little lesser than the other two phones. Right. So I, yeah. I know I don't know. Yeah, and the screen, uh, the others have a super super retina OLED, and uh, the X Ten uh, R has the liquid retina LCD. So um, I'm guessing that this is their entry level iPhone now. I mean, if you they still have, and I don't remember they have the eights yet, and the sevens. Did they drop the sixes from? 
You know what? They're still available for purchase right down to the 5SE. When I went and looked at all of the, the models that were still available, uh, you can't. So if you go on Apple's page trying to hunt for it, the only thing you can purchase, as in like purchase from Apple.com, unlocked and all that good stuff, I think it goes down to the 7. So you would start at the 7 and work your way up. So you can't even get, even though it's still available, they still support it. I mean, iOS 12 is going to be supported all the way back to 5S, which is what my son has. So that makes me happy. So we can still use that. Uh, but they're last in the lineup of the, of the I would call the entry-level phone, I would consider to be the 5SE because that's the one that's only 340 not only I say you know psychology working there um, that one is what 349 yeah 349.99 for the iPhone SE at a 32 gigabytes so that is your your bare bottom base level you know entry level phone there for people who still like that form factor I call it the beloved because there's there's so many there's a huge demographic of people that just love that little phone, and especially I see it a lot because my seniors like them. They're little; they can fit them into little lanyards that they can wear around their neck now. I've I've seen I'm seeing them do that, which is really cool. Um, they're tiny; they're they're just they fit in the palm of their hand. It, it surprises me because I thought they would have all gone to what what we used to call the phablet size. <laughs> you know, I thought they would have gone bigger, bigger, bigger. But, you know, a lot of them are like, no, just this little tiny thing is, is enough for me. I don't want this huge monstrosity, even though the screens are glorious and you can see a lot better. So it, I'm actually hard-pressed to try to convince some of them to go larger. They, they actually want to stick smaller. So I would say the 32-gigabyte uh, iPhone SE is your bare-bottom entry-level phone. This XR model is what I'm going to consider what's called the budget phone. Even though, I mean, it's $749, it's not the best for your budget. But if you do the numbers and you consider, I, I was looking at all this stuff yesterday, because of course I'm thinking, okay, I'm in the market for a new phone. Not, I mean, I have an 8 Plus and I'm perfectly happy with it. I, I would use it for another couple of years. But I have kind of a system with this family where every couple of years I upgrade and then I pass it down. And I, and I don't upgrade because I can't use the phone anymore. I upgrade because I'm looking at the hand-me-down value and the amount of time and battery life and, and, and stuff left in that phone that I can pass down. And so in our family right now, we have I have the 8 Plus, my husband has the 6S, and my son has the 5S, and my younger son has the 4S. So we're still utilizing these devices now, the little one, does he need it to make phone calls? Does he need it to be like really robust? No, he's just playing games on it and doing his spelling lists. But my son is in middle school, and yeah, he needs it to be able to make phone calls. It needs to it needs to work. And the fact that they're going to put iOS 12 on it soon, it, I'm just thrilled. Um, there's a lady named Lisa, I can't remember her last name, that comes out and does the the environmental report. And that made me really happy because she, you know, the hippie and me kind of rejoiced, like how she was talking about how they, their goal is to make them last as long as possible and to keep using them. I'm like, yay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my homework. I'm, I'm doing my part, you know? But yeah, I think the, the XR is, is considered the budget out of the three, you know, there were three released. And if you're looking at the, at the base level, the, they all start at 64 and then no more of the 16 and 32 business that's been gone for a while. Um, if you compare all three, you've got 749 is the XR, the XS is 999, and the XS Max is 1099, all for the same uh, hard drive size. And then what you get, so there's a $250 difference between the quote-unquote, I'm calling it, budget model, the XR. I think 
Elisa was was right on when you said the R may be for regular. I think the XR is for quote unquote regular people, <laughs> whereas the other ones are for you know the people who like the extra special touches. If you're just you know say you have a 4S or a 5S or something, and you, you know it's getting long in the tooth, and you're on that on that fence, and you're like, hmm, do I get the the budget version with the single camera and spend the 749 or what do you get for an extra $250? And the way that I worked it out is if you're, if you're in the market, like say you're entry level, you're just coming in, you're just switching to an iPhone or it's been a while and you're going to start to consider the 749 model, the XR, it's got all the same features. It's got the iPhone 10 experience is what they call it because it has face ID. So no more touch ID. Well, what are, you, what are you losing out on for that $250? And it would seem that basically it breaks down to, and, and I could be oversimplifying this. I'm sure there's, there's a lot more to it. It breaks down to the difference between the cameras. The other two models have the, the triple feature, the dual lens. The, the XR, the, the regular iPhone, only has the single camera. Now, they make up for it by it's got a better camera than the 8 Plus. Than the, I wouldn't say it's got a better camera than the 8 Plus. But it can do about the same things as the A plus. Because when I when I was trying when I was on the fence, I was like, hmm, this is the year when I got the A plus. It was the year that I was going to go big or go home, and I and I saved up all my pennies, and I was glad that I did. But I'm telling you, I'm when I'm going to get another phone, then I'm going to be the one who's going to be on the fence between the XR and the XS. Forget about the Max. Like I no, I'm I'm okay. I don't need that big of a phone. Guy Searle needs the max, you know, that's for guys <laughs> with really big hands and, you know, who really need that extra screen size to be able to, I mean, it's basically a, it's in between a tablet and a phone, you know, it's, it is the phablet size. The max is what I'm, is, is what I consider, but you're, you're talking about a, a difference of $250. So what do you get for that 250? And it's a better camera. It's a better display. You get one additional meter of water resistance. You get even longer battery life. Now, there, this is not a deal breaker. One of them, uh, the other, the two models have the 3D touch. The XR only has what's called haptic touch. But who cares? I mean, I know more people that don't use it than than do use 3 touch. I like 3 touch, but I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be a deal breaker for me if it just gets replaced with haptic touch because you get the same, you you get to to the same place with that. So I worked it out that it was like getting a really good phone at the XR level. And if you wanted to level up a little bit more and and get a better camera, then that's what you're getting for the extra $250. So you have to ask yourself, you know, what are your needs? Do you just want a really good phone that takes decent pictures and it's going to last you for a long time? You know, you want to invest in that? Or do you want a camera that makes phone calls? Right. That's how I look at it. Well, and then the well, the, well, the XR, yeah, I mean – yeah, it's like I said, the camera's a little different, and the screen size. So the XR is kind of in between the uh, the S and the Max. So it's it's uh, the screen size is in between, but it's a I won't say lesser quality screen, but it's a the uh, the pixels. It's uh, doesn't have the same amount of pixels there. Um, yeah, things are made up for. Things are sure. are digitized instead of physically existing. So right. uh, you know that's like when you take a picture and you know how. If you're going to zoom in on something, you should move your whole body towards the subject and, mm-hmm. and actually take compose and take the picture that way. If you're, 
if it's a lion or something, you don't want to zoom, you don't want to move your body forward, then you're going to have to use the digital zoom. And so then the camera is going to make up the difference digitally. So you're going to end up with like artifacting and, you know, pixels that don't physically exist, but have been, you know, magically placed there by the computation. And I believe that that's what's happening in the XR model is, for example, you know, it's edge to edge screen. And but they talked about, you know, there was very little details, things that they glossed over really quickly, like, you know, oh, the in order to make it look that way using an LCD to make it appear as though it's wrapping around the edges, you know, the the OLED display physically does conform around the edges. And of course, I haven't seen these things up close, but just based on what Phil Schiller said, it was like they they got it to go to the edges by using anti-aliasing and things like that. So they they blurred the edges basically, or they they somehow digitize it in a way that what you're seeing from a distance, if you look real close and you really were going to inspect it, of course you would be able to see the difference. Uh, but it still looks like it's edge to edge. And same thing with the camera; it's only a single camera uh, setup, but it still is able to do what the other cameras do in in the feature. That, was, that we all lusted after last time around was portrait mode. Uh, and now this camera can do that, in it, but you could only get that with a dual lens before. You had to have the dual lens to be able to do portrait mode. And then when they first announced the the XS and the XS Max, see, it's hard to say it. <laughs> I could practice this. Um, you can do portrait mode, but now you can adjust the bokeh and you can adjust the, the depth of field. And when they started to bring out the XR, I thought, oh, that's what you're going to lose. And, you know, that's what I look at. I'm like, oh, I really want to be able to do that. Well, it turns out you don't have to sacrifice that. The XR will allow you to adjust the depth of field. But like I used in my example before about physically zooming and using digital zoom, it's done in a digital way. It's the pixels are kind of manipulated digitally in a way that uh, takes advantage of the single camera lens. You don't actually have those two lenses composing the picture. Instead, you only have that one lens composing the picture. So it's got to work that much harder to be able to make it up. So if you were, you know, if you're a photographer, if you're uh, a mobile photographer, and like I said, if you're looking to buy a camera that makes phone calls, then these little tiny details are going to matter a lot to you. And when you zoom in on your pictures, you're going to be like, ah, I can tell that was done with the the XR. That was the, the made-up version. Here's the real, you know, adjusted bokeh or something. Those things are going to matter to you. But if you're just a regular person, <laughs> you're going right. to get the R model because you don't care about that stuff. Or it doesn't matter that much to you in the grand scheme of things. Right. I think that's the outlining difference. I think really feel that that is the $250 difference right there. So well, Kevin, you know, Kevin had said that he, if he was in the market, which he isn't right now, but if he was in the market for a phone, he would go with the 10R with 256 gigs, because that, in his opinion, has the best combination of features and prices. It's a, it's the probably the best value I would say out of all of the three, and yeah, then if you are gonna spend the extra bucks, then in in Mike, in your case, it sounds like you're not after the camera so much as the storage space. And so there's a phone for you. I would actually, the camera is a consideration uh, because this has become, uh, 
I used to carry a camera around with me, and I started again because uh, it's good for the optical zoom, but uh, right. and a few other things. But uh, you know, actually, you know, the iPhone has become my camera of choice because you know, like they say, the camera that's handy, uh, and so I would want a little better quality camera for capturing stuff. So I, you know, and again, I'm not in the market either because my iPhone eight plus is uh just a year old and is still doing fine um, yeah i'm in the same boat as you are so yeah, yeah. None of i don't think any of us is in the market and even if we were yeah. especially me even if i was in the market if you know, if i was hurting and i was feeling like my device just wasn't able to to keep up with everything uh i would be able to afford it anyway because you all know i need a new roof so so there we <laughs> sure. are um but the only the only thing that's going to make me itch is is that that iPhone 10 experience. I do want to live with that only because of what I do for a living, you know. And and truth be told, I mean, you know, every time they release new models and their sales and there's all kinds of PR pitches to people, I might start running into a situation where more and more of my clients start getting these things and but I don't think it's that terrible. I mean, I've only gotten one client who has gotten one who could afford it and was in was actually in line you know to to do the upgrade through their their carrier service I mean I haven't done that for years but there's still people that are on those upgrade plans and so there's only I've only had to deal with one iPhone 10 in the wild so far and it was just totally fine I mean I I remember you know I watched the videos okay here's how you get to this and here's how you do this and it's actually really nice to be able to just like show them the phone and, and say smile <laughs> and have it unlock instead of, you know, waiting for someone to type in their pin or, you know, because their touch ID doesn't work because they have blood pressure issues and stuff like that. So there's, yeah, there's a lot going for the 10. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's not worthy. It is. It just depends on your timing. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if sales aren't all that great because it just what Mike just said and what I just said, we're happy with our phones the way that they are. We're, we don't really need a new phone. Right. If if anything, it would be a want for me right now, and it's only because because I eat my own dog food and because I want to be able to have the device that my clients are using. I'm not going to go out and spend 10.99 on a phone just because I want to have that display. I just need to have the experience. Is all. Right. So I think also I found the whole thing to be pretty boring. Yeah. It, it, uh, the whole the whole event. Partly because there's too many videos, there's too many. Let's let's bring up Bob Jones to demonstrate this. It's like, oh come on, just it's tell us become what. Become a, a it's very just too much, but I, inform, infomercial is what. But it is. I think we are so used to having the iPhone now because we've had it since 2009. That is just oh yeah, new iPhone. What's it have this time? Oh look, it's got a better camera, and now it comes in six different colors. That's great. How much is it? Thousand bucks? Yeah, okay. Next. It's we're desensitized. It's well, not. Oh I my gosh! Look at completely that. Completely desensitized. I I I don't know. I guess I was just never really like a a total unapologetic fangirl. I've always looked at it from the very you know just practical view of okay, I need to watch this. I need to absorb this. I need to geek out about this because this is what I do and this is what I I'm. Like I said before, it's my job to advise people on what to buy. When they ask me questions, well, should I get this or should I get this? You know, I'm very, very picky about where my money goes. And so I want to be very picky about where if I'm spending someone else's money, am I going to plunk down? You know, am I going to tell them that they really need to spend that extra $250? I don't know. I don't think so. So I have to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not that it's exciting anymore because, yeah, it's become this this very glorified 
infomercial because it's so polished. I was I was I was watching it with my son last night and I was pointing out things because we you know he wants to be a YouTuber and you know he's a twelve year old kid and he's in he's in middle school now and we talk about these these little details, you know, things that are very important when it comes to presentations and your reputation and how you carry yourself. And and I was like, look at that nice shiny black stage and then you know, how many people wore these bright shoes? Like, I mean, that sounds so catty of me, but I'm looking at things like, oh my gosh, I can't stop looking at their shoes now. <laughs> I was so much more relieved when Phil Schiller came back out and he had he had darker shoes. And I'm like, yeah, you guys need to look at that and maybe reevaluate that a little bit, unless you're trying to sell shoes. And I was starting to think to myself, oh, this has become a fashion show. It it really has, don't you think? I mean, everybody uh, never, is very see, I tailored. never noticed any of that. Never noticed any of that. No. Well, if you look back at older keynotes, you know, it's jeans and a, and a, you know, Steve Jobs had the classic, you know, black turtlenecked jeans. There really wasn't a whole lot of fashion about it. It was very simplistic. And the people up on the stage were mostly all men, and they all wore jeans and some type of sh- And there really wasn't any, you know, old, nothing. I mean, with ladies and stuff, like, they weren't very dressed up in the attitude. Well, and then... Ever since watch. Um, then, uh, they announced that, uh, I, iOS 12 will be available, uh, Monday, the 17th of September. And I'm a little confused and, uh, I guess I'm also a little lazy trying to figure out what features will work on our existing phones and what are exclusive to the iPhone 10s. Uh, obviously some things like, I don't know, can we do face ID? On the eight, or is that no, um, no? That's going no, to be a ten. That's feature. part of that, right? That's what they call the iPhone ten experience, and that's right. what I was talking about before. Where, sure. where? Well, and then what about like the memojis? Lately, and the that emojis? was no. That's only yeah. On the see, 10s. I don't think we can do that because see, that's the other difference too. Is the front camera has been tweaked? So in the iPhone ten, yeah, they they, it's all about all the stuff that's going on in that notch up there. And, iPhone 8 pluses or our 8s or our 7s don't have the notch they're notchless they don't sure. they just have the regular old FaceTime forward facing camera so all of that changed when they went to the to the 10 model and now there's the notch and it has all these extra features in it including this like you know extra capable camera and so that's why those phones are that's starting the whole face ID that's starting the whole you know your face is your password kind of movement type of thing. Um, I was a little bit, I wasn't too excited about it, only for the fact that in our family, we put each other's fingerprints in each other's phones, and we like it that way. You know, we want to be able to do that. And I advise, you know, families that have, you know, that are caring for an older parent or something to put their fingerprints in their parents' phones um, just because of access and things like that. Of course, you need to know your pin still. You can't just get away with a fingerprint, but it just makes it easier. But you couldn't do that with Face ID when it first came out. And I think they have since changed that. I think you're allowed to have one additional face that you could put in there. I think enough people made enough noise about it because that was, I don't know. I mean, I I heard several people talking about it, that that's what they had done and that they were really sad to not be able to do that. So I think they changed that. But that was, so between the face ID, the Memoji, um, the Animoji. So the Animoji was like the first of the Mojis feature that we got cut off from because of the forward-facing cameras a lot got a lot more stuff to it. Uh, and then this last time around, not this not this event, but the event before, they demonstrated Memoji. And so that now is showing off their ability to be able to target your face 
and the Memojis are actual animations of you. The Animoji were just little animal heads. Like if you put a horse head mask on and started talking, you know, you could move the mouth and stuff. So you could dress yourself up as a as an animal or a character or a dragon or a skeleton. The Memojis, hence the, the me in the beginning, was an actual character of you. So that was the difference with that. And so, no, we can't play in that sandbox. Okay. <laughs> we won't be able to. We, it, we, it's, it's already fun enough to spam each other with gifts. We will not be able to mm-hmm. spam each other with emojis and animojis. Yeah, I'm on the iOS 12 page, and it doesn't separate between yeah, right. 10 and above. Yeah, what, probably you know, diff- the different options. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah, like it says messages, emoji, animoji, but it doesn't right. say not available for sure. you know iPhone 8 or anything. Yeah. So so the bad thing, you know, which is a problem because if you're not really familiar and you go, oh, I'm going to get that, and then you don't mm-hmm. get it, yep. right. you can be really ticked. Same way with mm-hmm. the AR stuff. I mean, they're showing it on iPad. Have the mm-hmm. iPads been, when was the last time they were updated? Do they have the, the same workings as the uh, iPhone 10s? I don't recall. Um, the chip is different. So the chip that they just, dis- it's all about the chip. The chip that they displayed yesterday was the A12 Bionic, whereas prior to that it had been the A11. So I believe, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that the iPads had a 11 or a, maybe they have the A12 the bionic i mean that may be the differentiator because i just remember being pissed because i was my ipad was getting long in the tooth and i really needed to upgrade and so you know uh uh kevin helped me find a sale on it of course kevin cost me money (laughs) so and and always you know he finds good sales so i had just purchased around black friday the fifth generation ipad and then six months later in march they had the education event and they they released the sixth generation iPad, oh. and the only difference was that it was a different chip. So I, I want to say it was either the A10 to the 11 or the A11 to the A12. Maybe we can look that up at some point in time. But it, there was just a difference. That was the the big difference was that the chip was different. It gave you Apple Pencil support in a budget iPad, whereas you could only do uh, pencil support in the Pro before. So my little so what I'm missing out on. Apple Pencil support, which I wouldn't probably buy an Apple Pencil for 100 bucks anyway, but I would probably get the education little crayon version is probably what I would do. I do want to get that education experience because I want to see what that's like. Um, and I basically upgraded so that my kids would be able to do the new coding stuff. There's just, we have a fourth generation and it has bottomed out. Like it can't upgrade past, I think it's gotten cut off. I don't think it, yeah, it cannot upgrade past 10, I think it is. And so, yeah, with iOS 11, that's why I got it, because iOS 11 came out, couldn't put iOS 11 on my fourth gen, so I got a fifth gen on sale for a really good price, and then six months later, they announced the sixth gen, and they upgraded the the chip and gave it the pencil capability, and I think it probably had a better camera in it or something, and I was, like, so bummed. I was like, ah, if only I just waited, like, six more months, and then, then I just saw somebody showed a sale at Stables again, and so they were back down to, like, Black Friday prices for the latest iPad model, so, right. yeah, it's it's a game. It's a sure. game. Uh, yeah, so we're getting iOS 
12 Monday. You know, we'll see what features we get. Uh, there are some, uh, they're updating notifications, which could be kind of handy. I get a fair amount. If they can group them together, that would be a little better. You have the do not disturb. Um, photo sharing, I don't know. We'll see. I don't share my photos much. Uh, improve photo search. Uh, and then you get Siri shortcuts, which uh, I we were a little confused. Uh, Lisa and I was talking before uh, you know we started podcasting here. So is this going to replace workflows? Is workflows still going to be there? Well, it sounds like there's two different things. There's shortcuts, okay, and there's Siri shortcuts. If I'm understanding correctly, and someone on stage said that the shortcuts app is something that you would download on your own. It's not coming with the with the iOS 12 update. So something similar to iMovie or Pages or GarageBand where it's free, you just have to go in and get it. And I was under the impression initially that it would just show up on your phone like stocks and podcasts and mm. Apple News does. All the ones that you no, don't want. Not you know, not that it's a big deal. It's like doesn't it's not that difficult to go in and grab it. Uh, but I think they're two different things. And what, you know, Mike and I were talking about is if you already own the workflow app, will it change to the shortcut app or will they be two separate apps, workflow and shortcuts? Now, my guess is that they'll be two separate apps. Yeah, I'm wondering if you're going to be able to place them side by side and then do different things with them. Well, we will find out. Possibly. But I, I have to say that as much as the um, – phone section of it bored me the watch i thought was pretty cool and if i hadn't already bought a series three watch right. earlier this year i would be in the market for the series four yeah and see i am in the market for the series four so when i do get the next funds that i get that are uh not disposable but um yeah i probably will go for the series four or i might even i don't know i might go for the series three only because the price has been reduced but yeah, this this uh we've been talking about in chat. These are series one, and I think Kevin has a series zero. They're getting long in the tooth. They're starting to starting to get to be the point where, and I'm not mine. My battery life is still pretty decent. I mean, it it's not terrific, of course. But what can I expect from a series one? I mean, I'm I'm pretty realistic about it. But it's it's like, oh come on, what's the time? Like I have to tap it now, or it just it doesn't respond as quickly as I'd like it to. And and then there's too many times where I want to do something on it, and I end up just not doing it because it takes too long, and I just don't don't have time for that. Yeah, unfortunately, I paid three hundred fifty nine dollars for my watch. And if I were to trade it in today, I'd only get 175. I'm like, yeah. no, that's no, it's like that's like a car. That value just yeah, that's really not fast. enough because no. I really liked the series four. And the thing that really, and this is dumb, and I will be the first to admit it. If you look on the website, Apple's website, and the example they show of the series four watch, I want that watch, and it's the one they showed yesterday, and it's not available unless you have the series four. And it's the one that has one. It, I think they said it has eight different complications available. Yeah, I was I was lusting after the complications. I thought yeah. it's it's not only. I just think it's really cool looking because the what the example they show it's the um, the analog watch face, and it's got a calendar, activity, the moon phases, iTunes. Um, it's got a timer. The temperature what doesn't it have? Yeah, I mean, those are all the things that they're showing in the example. I thought that is really cool, and it's still easy enough to read. Shortcuts. 
It's still really easy to read. But did you, I didn't hear them say anything about increasing the size. Women's were 38 millimeters, now they're 40, and the men's were 42, and now they're 44. And, and I didn't see, hear them the, say anything example, about that. In that big, you know, the glorious, like, adver- you know, the, the video that they do where they, you know, zoom in on everything. I could have sworn it said 50 millimeters on the back of them. So I haven't looked at all the sizes yet. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they did it. They they didn't talk about the sizes by numbers. It didn't seem like. I think there might have been one screen where they had the, mil- yeah, they did. They had the millimeters flash below there. But I remember thinking, those are really odd numbers but i think it's because they were able to expand the the casing just a little bit and they're bringing the glass to the edges so what yeah they say it will about, look bigger what they say about 30 percent uh roughly yeah. one was 30 32 30 percent larger right. four. and the case is thinner it's an edged edge screen with rounded corners and your old uh watch bands will work yeah. so that's really important that for really people who bad. have spent a lot of money over the years for getting different bands. Absolutely. So right. that's I was really happy to hear that. Yeah, um, and like I said, the complications made me happy because uh, I've got two wash faces just to, for the, and I use a lot of uh, complications for work where uh, I record something or just something so I can record stuff quick and fast at work. And so I uh, kind of have to switch between the two watch screens depending upon what I'm doing. If I could have them all on there. And like I said, the bigger face was kind of exciting. Um, the... Um, uh, and some of the stuff, uh, the watch OS, some of the stuff is going to be dependent upon the new watch, obviously. Now, they have incorporated an EEG, what, right? Electro? Yes. E-C- no, E-C- an ECG, electrocardiogram. Yep. So they, and that is dependent upon the hardware. Uh, but now the other two things that they talked about, the uh, when it comes to heart rate. AFib, they'll check if you have AFib. Right. Uh, I think this is fabulous. If you're someone who is dealing with any kind of a heart issue, I think this is fabulous. Yeah, that's why that's what would push me over the edge to spend the additional money for the for the series four because I I have had some health issues, you know, recently where I signed up for I think I guess the difference is now now it's it's an actual feature. Whereas I think I was beta testing the thing. I think I remember signing up for something that would say, you know, do you want to participate in this heart study? that will let you know if your heart rate spikes. And I did participate in it. And when I was going through the, um, the steroid injections, you know, I was researching that and, and, uh, not, it's not AFib, but there's some, there's some other name for it and I can't remember what it's called, but it does make your heart rate spike. And I was alerted several times. And there were times where I'm like, I feel so crappy right now. And I would look at my heart rate and it was spiked and like, Oh, that's why. But you know, I, I was laying down, you know, so things like that. And I really, you know, as much as it worried me, I really liked being able to see that information and document it and take screenshots and be able to talk to my doctor about what was, what was going on and be able to tell them about that. Because otherwise, how would you know? You know, you, you don't know. I have um, an oxygen sensor. I, I'll say I think uh, that's coming. I was actually kind of surprised that wasn't announced. I was looking forward to that. I thought that they were going, when they started launching into the whole health thing, I was fully expecting them to start talking about the, di- the diabetes features where it would detect your blood sugar level because I think that people are still piloting that. And I think that 
an oxygen sensor is on the horizon. So I think maybe probably the next the next version, because they did announce that they were FDA approved. So I think yes. that's the clue. I think it's coming. I think that probably the next watch, at least I hope, and maybe that's what I'll, maybe I might do that. Like maybe I might hold out for that watch. Um, because those are features that I really want to have as an oxygen sensor because I have, you know, I have had to buy a separate one. That's the thing where you put your little finger in it and it gives you your pulse and your your oxygenation level of your blood because that's really important to me as an asthma sufferer. So I would find that really handy. And then I know, you know, unfortunately, I know a lot of people with diabetes. Um, I lived with diabetes when I was pregnant with my boys. Luckily, it, it went away, but it, it could be in my future if I'm not real careful. And so I would like to be able to monitor that. Again, a lot of these things are like, pre-warnings you know it's it's something that it could alert you to that you wouldn't otherwise know about so right. i Heart know that i have too low it'll notify yeah. you if you yeah, fall now, which right, i think is great detection. if you're a senior sure. yeah i was thinking a lot about that i'm going to work on an article for that uh because i've been thinking about this for the longest time i did have a client who was really seriously considering an apple watch for that purpose because of it having the sos you know, feature and things like that, where you press on it and things like that. I've I've worked with several seniors who had been through you know hip and bone replacements because they fell, and um, it's it's really awful. It's really sad because there is this huge market for pendants and and wristlets and things like that that have that one functionality. They have that one feature where it's got a button and it's you know we've heard it for years and years and years. Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. You know the whole infomercial about that, and they have the big beige button that you'd wear around your neck and that sort of thing. Well, seniors hate those freaking things. They don't want to be stigmatized. They don't want to wear a big freaking button around their neck. Well, they the other problem with that wristlet. too is my aunt has one of those necklaces mm-hmm. and anytime she moves her body, it goes off. So uh-huh. she's constantly getting a phone call and her kids are constantly getting phone calls. Are you okay? Are you okay? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm fine. I just, you know, set off the button, my mistake. And at one time she actually did fall. So it was helpful because they sent the emergency services, mm-hmm. but she just kept going. It just kept going off. And then when my mother was still alive, I got one for her. I couldn't get the damn thing set up. Yeah, and that's the other problem. So they don't work that well. When you do get them set up, they're not that reliable. And I had a lady who her daughter got her one, and she put it on, and they never set it up. Like, they never activated it. She wore it for months thinking that this thing was going to help her. And and these are not dumb people. It just, like, it was not intuitive enough to tell you, you need to activate this. You need to do this. You need to do that. They don't – it is not an intuitive thought in their minds that these things that we wear, that we carry around with us, have radio signals in them, and that they they have to transmit something. That there's a that they're a communication device that has to be, you know, FDA approved and FCC approved and all this stuff. It just doesn't. It's not a worry in their mind, and so they get these things, and then you know they spend how many hundreds of dollars on them, and then they wear them and they don't work or they don't work reliably. And, you know, with the Apple Watch, I mean, I still don't think the future is quite here yet. I mean, this remains to be seen. Yes, they say that they tested it and everything. And, yeah, that's great. I mean, I would like to see more studies done. I would like to see a lot more evidence. Um, but, you know, I, I'm i a little hard-pressed to say, here, spend $400 on this, this you know, stylish, fashionable, you know, new-age watch. But then, oh, by the way, we're going to have to teach you how to use it. And you're going to have to have an iPhone, <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think is is the... Can you just can you get your your aging parent or a senior an Apple Watch without an iPhone? Can you get them the cellular model so that they can be completely divorced from the iPhone and not have to go through all that rigmarole? Because don't you kind of have to have one to activate it and set it up? Or 
could you get your, like, say if it was your parents, say it was your dad, you know, say if I was getting one for my dad, could I, and I'm 3,000 miles away though, could I get an Apple Watch for my father and set it up using my phone and then just like mail it out to him? Or like, how would that work? Because that's, that's the barrier to entry right there is the learning curve. We had a whole episode together, the three of us, where we talked about when, when Mike got his Apple Watch and joined the, the rest of the, the herd here. Remember that? When we talked about all these things you had to go through. I mean, can you imagine going through that with, with your, your parent? Right. <laughs> and trying Not, to teach them? Yeah, I would think, like, my father, no way. No way. But I know people who are older, who are in their 60s and 70s, who've been using a smartphone pretty much since day one. So mm-hmm. I think for them they would understand it better. Oh, yeah. That that demographic of people, I think, in, in their 60s are are grokking it. They're grasping this stuff, and they, you know, want to learn. And, and my guys, you know, my people are in their 70s and 80s, and they really want to learn it. Um, but it is still a barrier. They still, it's so hard. It's not hard to teach a new dog, an old dog new tricks. That you can teach people, but the retention uh, to learning these skills, you would have to really, you would have to set it up for them and you would have to simplify it. You would have to like take off, you know how it comes with all the watch faces. Apple always puts all the stuff on and they enable every, you know, most of all the features so that they're discoverable, so that you can discover them, so they're not turned off and like, oh, I never knew that existed. Well, it's because it was turned off. Well, if you leave it on and you leave it discoverable, then, you know, people are going to use it. But there's still on an Apple Watch for for someone who's going to use it for fall detection, I really think you're going to have to take that thing and, and strip it down to the basics, you know, like the time and like maybe one app or, or something. You're going to have to disable a lot of things to simplify it so that they can, you know, learn how to use it baby steps. Because it's also, you got to teach these people muscle memory. When you panic and you fall, you you know, if you've only worn the watch for like a month or something, I don't think it's going to be your first go-to. I don't think you're going to, you know, I think people that the fell are going to be like, oh my God, where's my landline cordless phone oh i'm gonna have to crawl to the living room to get you know not totally not even remembering that they've got a help button right there on which their is wrist. why i'm not sure they're really the right demographic right. i mm-hmm. think if they are in their 80s and they've been using phones all along they're open to it they understand it better i think if someone is 80 and you're giving it to them for the first time exactly it might just be too much i mean it depends on the personality i mean i love it when i'm traveling or i'm out and about and i see someone who is definitely in their 80s and they're pulling out their iphone uh-huh. and they're yep. talking to someone or they're texting someone i want to go over and like high five them and say yes. good good for you but yes. even if it's an android phone it doesn't matter what kind of phone yeah. i just think good for you for being up to date for understanding for not being the stereotypical oh i'm an old person i don't get it and i don't want to learn it's, it either yeah i think it's i love it i think it's great i totally agree with you i think that the future isn't here yet i think that this should keep going this should keep moving forward i think it's going to it's going to need saturation as far as like this is the way of the future for seniors but I think the seniors that we have may not be able to really utilize this to its fullest potential just yet, only simply because the pathways in their brains have not been forged. They just don't have those those pathways that have been walked a million times. They don't have the muscle memory. They don't. It's not in their mind that oh, here's a help button. I I should press this. It's just not there yet. And I think it's going to take people who, like you said, have been using smartphones. I think it's going to take that that demographic of people who are accustomed to it 
who have been able to wrap their mind around that here's this piece of glass that I must carry everywhere with me and it does these things for me. And even if I just want to be able to make phone calls and text people, hey, you know, that's half the battle right there. But just to know that, well, this button does this and this button does that. I mean, it's such a foreign concept for so many people still that that I just think it's going to take time for adoption for market saturation and for people to to have this in their brains that this causes you know brain fog and and uh, I can't even put the word together now sure. <laughs> you know but like I am training myself to compensate for these deficiencies by using my devices it's not making me dumber but it's 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 enabling me it's giving me access to a lot of things that I wouldn't have access to. Cognitive decline is what I was thinking. Right. But um, you have too many people who say, yeah. oh, I'm too stupid to do this. I mean, I've I know. got a friend yeah. who's, who's a little older than me, and she's been using, I think, a Samsung for a number of years. And she'll say to me, oh, I still can't use this dumb thing. I just uh-huh. got a text. Oh, I still can't. How do you do this? How do you do that? I said, I don't know. You have an Android phone. I don't know how it's done on yeah. your phone versus mine. If you had an iPhone, I could help you out. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I still don't know. How do I get music on here? How do I do this? I'm just too stupid. Uh-huh. And yep. That, I hear that and, all the time. And it's, it's so always with technology. And I read something once that said, if you didn't know how to cook, you wouldn't say, oh, I'm so stupid. I don't know how to cook. If you didn't know how to build a house, you wouldn't say, I'm so stupid. I don't know how to build a house. But when it comes to technology, especially if you're a woman, oh, I'm too stupid. I don't understand it. It's like, no, you're not too stupid. No one's taught you. It's ingrained. I use a car analogy. I'm like, well, you can drive. You can drive a car. I mean, I have. I had a client who was like kind of apprehensive about this stuff, and she used to fly a freaking plane. I'm like. You put a big piece of aluminum up in the sky and directed it without killing anybody. I couldn't do that. If you can do that, you can do this. It's an interface. All of these things are an interface. I always compare it to a car. I'm like, you look at the dashboard. You can tell with just a glance, just like with your watch. You just glance. Oh, that's the speed limit that I'm going. Okay, that's how many RPMs if you pay attention to that sort of thing. Okay, here's where I shift and here's where I put it into park. And it's an interface. Um, you know, I have a family member who, you know, is retired now, but she used to drive a freaking bus and have, and she had a CDL license. You have to get special training to be able to do that. And not everybody can do that. You have to be a special kind of person with special kind of skills to be able to operate a large vehicle like that with that interface. I couldn't just hop up into a truck or a bus and be able to know what all those gears and all those those things do and I would feel stupid you know but I see I wouldn't say that I would just say just like you said at least I I just haven't been trained in it I haven't been taught how to use this but I will now ask and if this is something if this is a vehicle if this is a newfangled car that I want to drive then damn it I better learn how to use it and I better learn how to use all the features because I just dropped some pretty decent coin on the damn thing and I want to get my money's worth why don't people have that same attitude towards a phone or a watch Right. Well, and then, too, um, Apple announced uh, that the watchOS is going to be available on Monday. And um, I was gonna, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's you know, going to be available for us with the, the old watches now. Um, I think they only locked off the Series Zero, I believe. Yeah. I think mine still is. Right. Yeah, the, the oldest models aren't going to get updated. And I'm looking at some of the stuff for the – we – amongst us four here we kind of do the activity stuff but not as 
you know, aggressively as some people do. We kind of do it to cheer each other on. We really don't do. But they've added a competition mode now. So uh, if you guys ever want to try and keep up with me sometime, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can throw That's that. That's not happening. Or, no. Yeah. Uh, why, don't, why don't you try to outsleep me, Mike? How about you do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that might be. Uh, there's times. But then, uh, so, but they've added a competition uh, uh, thing. So if you do want to challenge each other, that's good. Um, more trophies, I guess. Uh, uh, I don't know. Elisa, I see they're going to add a, a yoga workout. Is that going to be something that you're? No, I do Pilates. Pilates. I'm, okay. I'm excited about it because I want to. I want to try yoga. I mean, I've tried it, but I. I would like to. That if I was going to do that one exercise, yoga is something that I really want to try to learn how to do properly without injuring myself, and I would like to get credit for it. Sure. And then some of these, and I, uh, I think they announced it this spring. I'm not seeing it on the page as I scroll up here. But I think it will automatically start a workout for you, which is fine. Because, like, when I go yes. to work, you know, I don't start a workout. But, I mean, I'm getting physically active, and it would be nice to get a little credit for that. So if it will start it automatically uh, when I get there. And if I do sit down, take a break, stop, and then start it up again, that's fine. But, yeah, I would like to, with because I don't want to have to get to work. Okay, I'm going to start a workout. No, I don't want to have mm-hmm. to go through that. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the automatic part of it. And then the other one, uh, uh, Lisa, you might like this one, Apple Podcasts on the watch. Is that going to intrigue you? No, no, because okay. then I'd have to put it on my phone, probably. So I use Outcast. Yeah, we've we've already that's that ship has sailed with us us geeks here. We've already <laughs> yeah. found we've already found our our own solution. You took yeah, too long, nine, Apple. Yeah, for ninety nine <laughs> cents, it's it's well worth it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I use um, um, Downcast. So yeah, we've all gotten our solution. Now this one here could lead to I don't know the walkie-talkie feature. With us, I'm excited for that, but of course, I need to have somebody to walkie talkie with. Sure, and okay, it's a one on one conversation, so that probably won't work for group chats, but we yeah. can probably fire stuff back and forth uh, to each other. That could be interesting because right now we kind of <laughs> do it with you know uh, text messages and stuff. Um, well, we could use the the recording feature if we wanted to. The, sure. the problem is is that you know I like to I like to be stealthy. I like to to have my communications on the down low because sure. there's always there's always either kids that are sleeping or need to be working and not distracted or you know I'm sure. just I'm still I'm too I'm too shiny and new with the with the kids yet that it'll be just a huge distraction. Now I probably could be able to use this with my husband. My husband and I have both have Series One watches, so we'll probably be able to do it. But again, it's like, you know, then the kids are going to be like, "What are you doing?" They're, you know, as soon as I raise my phone to my ear, that's why I don't call people anymore. It's why I don't talk on the phone. It's why I don't use my voice because the moment I do that, they just want to interrupt me. So they'll be like, they'll they do that even when I'm trying to to talk to Siri. <laughs> they'll sure. try to botch it up and add a word in there. Or something well yeah and then uh, and you mentioned siri and they they say there's a smarter siri god i hope so um <laughs> i've had my issues with siri um uh especially with the dictation part and i was telling elisa that i was using uh, workflows uh our school has a calendar, but you can't subscribe to the calendar on the website. And so, but I do want to know what's going on. So I created a workflow last night where I could dictate in the event and the time and then have it added to my Google calendar so I can uh, have it there. And 
we have a few town names in um, South Dakota. It's a little uh-huh. hard to pronounce. And so, uh, but it was getting better at it. Um, so, I, like I said, I've had problems with Siri and dictation, but it was doing okay. But, yeah, a smarter Siri um, would be good and more predictive, too. Uh, because yeah, because... By location, she should have been able to pick up what what town you were talking about. Sure, and like I say, there and it, it, after I did this one town, uh, it's called Haiti. It kept wanting to correct it to Haiti, and finally it learned right. no, I mean Haiti. <laughs> Get over it. Uh, so it did pick up on that, and you know if I could trust Siri a little bit more, and you guys have seen some of the texts that I've sent you, uh, where yeah. some of the words are horribly mangled because, and yeah, and obviously there's not going to be an easy way to go back and correct anything on the the watch. You're just going to have to redictate it and hope for the best. Um, right, and I have a dad who uses Siri, so I speak I speak Dad Siri. It's a new language, Dad Siri. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I and like I say it's massacred a few things, but you know it's getting better. And then the the raise to speak, I'll have to see how well that goes because I'm always raising my arm to check my watch, and I don't know if I want to set uh, Siri off when I'm doing that. So I'll yeah, have to I don't see know how, how that would work on the there. on the watch, but I do like it on the phone because when I can get my dad to do that, it is like a walkie-talkie. You just basically, you know, if you're quote unquote texting each other back and forth except you're using the microphone to talk it is really as simple as just pressing the button talking you know pushing up on it so that it sends it right away you know you can't get too picky about like oh I shouldn't have said that or I screwed that up or I mispronounced that word or something you just got to let it fly and it is very much like a walkie talkie and then you know they they say something you raise it to your ear it plays it for you and then you can just start speaking and there's not a whole lot of tapping going on but you kind of have to get into the rhythm of that I would think that there'd be a setting to turn that off if you didn't want Ray's to right. speak for some reason. Sure. Maybe you wanted to say, hey, phone lady. I think it is. I don't know about the watch, but I think you can turn it off on the phone. Well, uh, I would think on the watch when the new, uh, sure. when the new yeah. OS comes out that you'd have that option because maybe there's Yeah, we said that last why. time because we were, we were all thinking the same thing. Like, I don't know if I want to go off every time I raise my wrist. Yeah. Well, yeah, and if it would work, if I could get it to work the way I wanted, I would like that because, again, a lot of what I use the watch for is work-related, so I'm at work, and sometimes I don't want to have to reach over and touch the uh, the uh, stem to activate Siri mm-hmm. or to press the button. It would be nice if I could just raise it, dictate something into it, and put it down, but to get it to understand when I want to check the time and when I want to dictate something, uh, that could get a little tricky. I so. think it's yeah. going to be a muscle memory you're going to have to learn how sure. to develop. Like, okay, if I raise my wrist this way, this happens. If I raise it this way, like if I do it forcefully, like if I flick my wrist up, you know, at a, at a you know, maybe it's maybe it's an accelerometer thing where if you if you raise it, you know, really quickly, then it engages Siri. But maybe if you just uh, like gently lift it up to turn it to look at the time, then it doesn't activate it. I, I bet there's going to be like a nuance to it. But how hard is it to lift your wrist and say, hey, phone lady? Yeah, well, I do that. One, it's yeah. very hard because it doesn't work reliably at all. I oh, try to use it all the time. On well, you have a newer watch. model. Yeah, yeah on my watch, model. it works really well. I guess yeah, I on the newer ones, that. I think with the processors, I think I think it handles it a lot more elegantly. But on the Series 1, it's like, oh, forget about it. I'll just use my phone or I'll just write it down for crying out loud. You're taking too long. Well, it says at the bottom of the page here that um, it only works with Series 3 or later. Yeah, see, there you go. So I won't even be able to test it out. Sure. Well, and, you know, yeah, I will. I'll see how it works. But, um, yeah, and then 
It says Siri now works with your favorite apps. Um, and I don't, I, I should have looked closer at what that's going to mean. Uh, I mean, you can apparently talk to Siri and it'll interact with apps. I was kind of hoping that there would be a little more interactivity with, uh, and then maybe that's up to the developers, with apps on the phone because I have a few things that, uh, like a journaling app, it'd be nice if it popped up and I could just yeah. dictate you know uh, something into the journal without having to pull it out. Uh, interactivity like that. Um, yeah, I want to be able to use Siri to look something up in Google Maps, not sure. Apple Maps. I really right. want to be able to use Google Maps with Siri, and I just don't know if that'll happen or not. Or even, you know, just like an alternative Maps app and an alternative podcast app. Sure, it works beautifully with the Maps app, and it works beautifully with the with the you know built-in podcast app or the app that you know you can put on there. But I don't want to use those. Sure. <laughs> I've already moved on from that. I want to use Castro. I want to say, "Hey, phone lady," you know. And I and I do this to a degree. I can be driving in the car, you know. Say I've dropped off the kids. Okay, now I want to listen to my podcast. Now that I have, you know, my brain to myself for a little while, I say, "Hey, phone lady, open Castro." And of course, it says you have to unlock your iPhone. So I know that already. So I I have it mounted on my dash. I reach over at the stop sign, you know, I, I just press my finger on there and I unlock it because I know what I'm going to do next. I say, hey, phone lady, open Castro. It does. But then I want to press play. Like, I don't want to have to reach over and press play because I can only do that, you know, while I'm, I don't want to drive, you know, not safely. So you can say, you can say, hey, phone lady, open Castro and play. And the only time it will work is if you had had that open previously. Otherwise, right. she thinks that play means, okay, playing all songs. And it'll play music. And that's not what I wanted to happen. So I would like the ability to be able to do that. That when I say play, or just give me another phrase, like play podcast. But then if I say that, I want to be able to say, hey, phone lady, open Castro. And, and then have it just you know play where it last left off. That's what I want to be able to do. And it's like, I'm so close and I, and I get it to work sometimes, but it, it's an order of operations and it just depends on whether or not she feels like she wants to launch music instead. Right. Or even if I could interact, because I don't use Apple music, uh, if I could interact with Spotify or right. Pandora yeah. on the watch, so I wouldn't have to. I mean, I can up to a point I can pause and stop, but it would be nice if I could pick a playlist from the watch. Uh, do certain things See, like that. And I that. just wonder if we'll ever get that because those are such high competitors to Apple. Sure. I right. just I just wonder if they just will will keep that, you know, out of there. Like maybe it's verboten because they would rather you use their maps. Oh, back to maps, you know, and I thought this was funny and I'm gonna say this here. Uh in the beginning when they had the little the featurette, the feature uh, introductory video where they had the girl running, you know, and she was carrying the case and stuff. She started out by using, hey, hey, phone lady, you know, on her watch, what's the quickest way to the Steve Jobs Theater? And so it gave her the directions. And next thing you know, she's like running through water. I'm like, ah, that was a dig on maps because doesn't that happen all the time? It's like, turn left. And you're like, wait, here? What? This is a dead end. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious that they kind of like, I think there were two digs. I think there were two digs. That first one was a dig on on their own product of Apple Maps. At least that's the way I'm interpreting it. And I'm allowed to do that. Um, the fact that she ended up having to, you know, run through water and like all this stuff she had to do to be able to get there. Where maybe had she used Google Maps, it might have taken her around and she wouldn't have had to get wet and all that kind of stuff. I think that was the first dig. And then the second dig was, you know, the whole thing in the locked case that 
you know, I think that they've accepted the fact that there's all these leaks and that there's all these, you know, the rumors come out and like all of the stuff leaks where it's like Elisa was saying at the top of this show, like we're kind of desensitized to it because everything leaks and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And so I think that that was the dig on their own inability to be able to keep everybody quiet. But I mean, come on, it's a, it's a big, it's a big mammoth now. It's like, how are you going to be able to keep all that stuff under wraps? And so I think that was a dig where they were like, well, at least we can keep the clicker a secret. <laughs> we can't keep mm. our own iPhones a secret. At least we can keep the clicker a secret. So now it's all about the clicker. <laughs> See, now I thought the maps was, oh, this is too far. I'm just going to go through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see. That's how I turn it. Make a right here and then make a left here. Oh, the heck with that. I'm just going to go through the water instead of around it because I'm on a time crunch. Yeah. That's how I saw it. I mean, you could be definitely be right, but. Right. Um, I thought it was like a little Easter egg. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so, okay, you know, uh, maybe it's time to start wrapping this up. So I think, um, are any of us going to be getting new hardware? Uh, I got my phone's a year old. My watch is only a few months old, so I don't think I will. Unless I decide to be generous and maybe give my watch to my wife and get a new one. But I'm not planning on doing anything. Elisa, are you going to... I bought the watch in January and the phone in February, so no. But I did say to my husband last night, you know, he asked, he goes, so what did they announce? Anything you're going to buy? And I said, no. I said, though, I do like the the new Apple Watch, I said, but it's just, I can't justify it. I only get $175 run. I said, unless you want my watch and I'll get the new one for myself. And he goes, oh, yeah, so I can walk around and keep shaking my arm in the air to get my standing credit? He goes, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> so. You, you screwed the pooch on that one, Alisa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Melissa. Maybe uh, he was fishing for birthday presents or, or you know, holiday yeah. gifts or something. Sure. No, no, yeah. no. He knows yeah. I bought the – no, it's too it's, – I, I can't justify it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, if, well, if there was a big sale, I would consider a, a new watch. Right. I mean, the price only went up $50 over the th- – so I think in that respect, I think the price is good. I mean, it's still expensive for a watch, but considering what the new watch does, the four over the three, I think $50 is a good deal, especially if you have heart issues. But only getting 175 for mine? No. So I'm just going to keep trade-in it. values and all that It's much, just but- not worth it to me, so – I, yeah. I'm considering the hand-me-down value, so yeah, I'm think because I'm not going to trade mine in, obviously. But you know, with my husband and I each having a Series One, and the only reason that happened was because somebody somebody gave us one that they were no longer using and just didn't want it, which is great. You know, now we both have one that we can test out these little features, but not for much longer because they're becoming long in the tooth. So, but my kids, you know, my son wants one in the worst way, you know. So maybe I need to like upgrade sooner so that there's still some life left in in the series one that i could give it to him so that by the time i do give it to him that it's not completely you know can't even use it as a as a as a as a a page marker or anything i mean it's so little what what would you do with it you know recycle it basically but i want it to have some kind of life left in it so that when i give it to him he can at least do a few things with it so i had to consider that so when i'm looking at that yeah i might like i said if there's a good sale uh, Kevin, hit me up. <laughs> if there's a good sale uh, on the on not on the se- probably on the series three, not on the series four. So well, they dropped the sale, price to two seventy nine on the series three. Yeah, that's still not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I because I know there's going to be more sales. Like they, that's what happens. They drop the price, and then Black Friday comes up. Yeah, and then so the holidays are coming. More. So that's what I look out for. That's that's how I always score deals. I mean, I mean, I hope I don't jinx myself, but that's what I'm looking for. So if there's, you know, and if if I get some work between now and then, and and you know, 
the the roof doesn't totally uh, bank, bankrupt us. We'll see how that goes. But that's what I would probably do is I'd probably upgrade to the Series 3 just so that I could hand this one down so that it would have some life left in it. And then I probably would skip the Series 4. I mean, this could all change, but I'm just thinking, you know, as it stands right now, I'd probably hold out for the Series 5 or 6 or whichever one gets the oxygen sensor. Like, that's really what I'm kind of after. If I'm going to upgrade to the latest thing, if I'm going to spend that coin on it, I really want it to have the features that I really want that I know that are on the horizon. Now that they've got the FDA approval, I think it's not too much longer before we see an oxygen sensor and and maybe a glucose monitor as well, because it seems like that's in the works. So I would hold out for that, I think, personally. That's what I would do. Okay. And, uh, okay, so we've decided that, you know, unless our situations change, we're not going to get any new hardware. But I'm going to assume that we're all uh, reasonably impressed um, or okay. Let's start with okay. Are we okay with what Mm -hmm. Apple uh, introduced with their new hardware no real yeah and if problems. i if i had money i would totally buy one <laughs> i sure. wouldn't be like ah, i'm not gonna get that piece of crap no no yeah. i would totally get an xs if i had the money that's where i would put it because you know i think i'm i've i've scratched my itch as far as carrying around the large screen is concerned and i knew this would happen but i want to go back to having something a little bit more pocketable so i would probably go to the xs because it seemed like it was still a big screen but back to that closer to that seven like when I when I had my success, my husband has it now. I thought that that was like my favorite favorite size of phone. It was palmable, it was pocketable. I loved that form factor. I just wanted to see if I could get more work done on the bigger screen. And now having lived with it, I'm like, eh. I don't think I had. I was after the camera. It was the camera, and I thought having the bigger screen size would allow me to do more document kind of work on my phone. And that has held true. But now that I see the new design with the XS model, the fact that it fills up that whole area, you still get the bigger screen, which is what I liked, and you get the, the dual camera, which is what I liked, and it's in a smaller form factor, like in a smaller package. You don't have to worry about, do I have to get a white bezel? Do, you have, do I have to get a black bezel? You know, that, that, that choice is gone, which is good. Um, so I think that that's getting closer to like my ideal type of phone. So that's what I would be looking forward to in the future. Okay. Lisa, what's your uh, dream phone? I don't really have one, to be honest. Mm, okay. Um, I would probably go with the uh, the XS Pro, or what What did they call it now? The Max. The Max. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, because I do like the bigger screen. I do do work on here. Uh, I, have, uh, I can connect to our heating system at the school, and it's got a graphic interface, so a little bit bigger screen to help with... Um, interacting with that would be good mm-hmm. uh so yeah i would probably go and you know the size i got the 256 um uh eight plus and i've only got uh about just about 50 gigs filled uh, and some of its podcasts i haven't bothered to listen to in a while um yeah, you could still get away with the 64 if you wanted to i wouldn't if, yeah, it's, no. it's up to you what you want to keep no. on there no i, would, I have the 256 also yeah. and you fill it up with with video and yeah. audio. A lot yeah. of music. I mean, I yeah, think if I were to music. buy a phone, I'd get the XR one twenty eight. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what color I would get though. Maybe blue. Not yellow. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Actually, this one I've got popped open right now. Is I've got yellow because normally I get space gray. My last phone was white, and 
Uh-huh. Honestly, the colors don't matter because I put a case on them anyway. Yeah, I, but I hated the white. I just hated the white. Yeah. yeah. So now I've got the space gray. Uh, Why but I think I would go, they didn't have a purple is beyond me. Why would you I wish it was more navy because I'm more of a navy as opposed to this lighter blue. But mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I would go with the yellow just to do something different. Not, not the coral. Not the coral. Uh, I don't really like the coral that much, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but I think yeah. I would go with either the blue or the yellow. Every time I hear coral, I think I think Carl from Walking Dead. <laughs> Carl. Okay. Coral. We don't have to listen to that anymore, do we? Okay. <laughs> Not till now. All right, that's a weird, uh, weird thing. So, okay, so I guess we've got our you know our fantasy uh, uh, phones picked out. So, um, you know, we'll just when um, Monday rolls around and all the updates roll out, we'll have to. Uh, uh, Plain about how long it's taking and yeah. not have our watches working. And <laughs> yeah, bitch and complain and all this other stuff and whine. But then see what neat stuff is in there and see how it'll work. So maybe when we come back the next time, we'll all kind of have our thoughts and uh, about uh, iOS 12 and the watch uh, OS. Watch OS 5, yeah. Yeah, and our thoughts and how it's working for us. And if there's your homework is to figure out if you can disable Raise to Speak. That's your homework, that's yeah. your mission. Yeah, or how well it works, because like I say, I'm mm-hmm. interested in trying it out. But um, we'll, we'll be looking forward to the dead Siri texts. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, how much I want to kill her, whichever, however <laughs> it works. But uh, so, okay, well, you know, stay tuned until the, our next episode when we, you know, discuss uh, all this stuff, which I'm sure we will. So uh, with that, why don't we introduce ourselves and we'll start with Elisa. Uh, uh, Where can people find you if they want to know more? I'm at Sensei Dai on Twitter, and I'm also on the podcast Three Geeky Ladies, which is threegeekyladies.com with the number three spelled out with Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes. Uh, uh, and Melissa, where can people uh, hear more of your mellifluous voice? <laughs> well, later today I'm going to be recording another podcast on the other podcast I do with Dave Ginsburg called In Touch with iOS. We discuss, as you guessed it, all kinds of iOS products and watchOS. That's at intouchwithios.com. And you can find everything else about me. I'm online all over at the Mac Mommy. And if you want to know more about me or hear what I have to say, I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And I have a, my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K with links to some of the other things that I do. Um, and if you want to leave comments or send us an email about what you think about what we've talked about or tell us that we're full of crap or whichever, you can send it to uh, uh, uh and you can leave comments on the uh, webpage uh, and, you know, or, or, and listen to past episodes. But uh, don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek. If you're a technology fan, make sure you check out Tech Fan, hosted by me, Tim Robertson. And me, David Cohen. We're all about technology. We like to geek out on pretty much anything. If it's technical, if it's a gadget, if it's the movie or the music industry, you name it, we're talking about it. And you know, David, unfortunately, unlike most other great podcasts, we don't really plan out our shows. It's more of a stream of thought thing. Yeah, for better or for worse, you listen to it and you be the judge. You know, a good example of that, David, would be this ad, because we didn't plan for this. What did you say? What do I say? (laughs) I don't know. Is it your turn or is it my turn to talk now? I lost track. I did too. But you know, you won't lose track if you listen to Tech Fan. 
part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts.